0: We're going to turn to God's Word now and uh, read the encouragement it gives us as we do persevere in our walk with Him. I'm going to read some verses from Hebrews 11 first, uh, verses 1 to 3, uh, and then from verse 32 through to chapter 12, verse 3. I'm going to invite John up and he's going to lead us in that reading this morning.
1: Starting at Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. We turn to verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon Barak, Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies, And mistreated the world was not worthy of them they wandered in deserts and mountains living in caves and in holes in the ground these were all commended for their faith yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect therefore And sat down at the right hand of the throne of god consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart
0: yeah thank you john Um, we're going to focus mainly on those verses in uh, chapter 12 but i wanted to read from chapter 11, just to provide that context and give us a picture of where uh, the writer's going here and and how he's framing this idea of perseverance. So keep your Bibles open there, uh, and we're going to refer back to those verses a few times this morning. Uh, You're probably aware of this, but I I love to be able to pop out um, for a quick mountain bike ride. Uh, There's nothing better, particularly this time of year, you know, daylight saving, you can just get the kids in bed and then out the door go for a quick ride, and th- the great thing is about a quick ride, you can pack so light, it's just easy, you know, water bottle, helmet, bike, <laughs> and off you go. It, it's such a simple thing, and then, then you're away. Um, you can't do that if you're going for a long ride, though. Uh, late last year, we, we did a whole day ride, it was 60 odd kilometres, which is about 20 kilometres more than my fitness was uh, fine for, um, but but you, you just can't approach that the same way, can you? You, you need to prepare for you uh, don't you you just can't just grab a bit of water and head out the door uh, and so we prepared and it was serious business you know you've got your energy gels you've got your extra water you've got spare tubes in case you get a puncture you've got spare links in case you break a chain you've got a little pump and a little toolkit and someone someone even had a little ePerb, you know lollies and chocolate and all these things and a whole backpack full of stuff to to keep you going Be- because that's the thing isn't it Knowing what sort of journey you're heading out on, that helps you prepare properly, doesn't it? I mean, you don't want to get to, you know, kilometre 20 and have run out of water, run out of energy, have a, a flat, no mobile range and a broken chain. Like, that's not cool, is it? <laughs> that's, that's a problem. Knowing the type of journey we're on helps us prepare correctly and prepare so that we can make it to the end. And the same is true of the church. Now, we want to be a growing church. We've seen over the last few weeks what that looks like. We, we want to be a church that is growing up in maturity, learning more and more of Jesus. We want to be a church growing out in number, introducing more and more people to Jesus. We, we want that uh, vitality and life and energy for our church here. And God's told us how it comes about, hasn't He? He's, we've seen it over the past few weeks. It comes about through His people. Uh, prayerfully proclaiming His Word. the the three P's we've seen so far. But today we add the final P, and that is persevering. Proclaiming, praying, God's people, persevering. Knowing that this is a long journey. Knowing that it takes time. Now your experience will probably tell you this already. Your experience in seeing this and trying to help other people grow. Because it can be slow, can't it? It can be frustratingly slow. You know, we think about people we've talked about for, for, for months, for, for years even. We talk about people we've uh, prayed about and prayed about and prayed about and we're still waiting to see that change. And we, we wonder, will they come to Jesus? Will they grow in Jesus? Well, today we're going to learn that we can persevere. We can persevere as long as we understand what sort of path we're all on together. That's what we're going to unpack today. Uh, now, the truth is, it's very hard to help someone grow. Uh, it's, it's hard to help someone grow towards or in Jesus if we don't understand what that path of growth actually looks like, what, what, what it is. And so it's really helpful then that the Bible actually tells us (laughs) what that path is all about. And it's there in that passage that John read just before, right there at the start in Hebrews 12, verse 1. Uh, I'll read it for you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What is uh, the, the path of the Christian life? What does it look like? Well, it's described for us as a race. It's a race. But it's not just any race. Uh, the word that's used is the word agone, uh, which is where we get agony. <laughs> it tells you a little bit about what sort of race we're on. It, it's not a sprint. It's not a sprint. This race is a marathon It's a race of endurance. Uh, The words also used to describe a a struggle or a contest. It's something that's difficult, that takes a long time. It's a long path, a hard one. So Becoming a Christian uh, is not just about arriving uh, and therefore being, it's about going on and keeping on going on, enduring the long race. We need to remember that. That is what coming to, that's what growing in Jesus looks like. Yes, there is a moment. Conversion is a moment. There is a decisive point of where we were dead and now we're alive. Where we had no faith, now we have faith. Where we were outside the kingdom, now we're inside the kingdom. That is a decisive moment. But the path to that moment and the path from that moment is a long one. And our journey along it can be quite slow at times can be marked in, in steps, not leaps and bounds. can be marked in struggle and effort and hard work. Um, maybe, maybe we can think of it uh, a bit like marriage. Um, you know, the struggle and hard work and contest and all that sort of stuff aside, but, but maybe we can kind of compare it a bit to marriage. You know, m- before you get married, uh, you have courtship. There's a nice old-fashioned word for it. Uh, courtship. Uh, and that may take a very long time. It, it may be a It may be years. You know, you you get to know each other. You get to know each other a bit better. You get to spend more time with each other. Uh, And and, and consciously or unconsciously, you're actually kind of drawing closer and closer to marriage. Whether you get there or not, you find out along the way. But that's that's what you're doing, isn't it? You get to a point, you decide that probably marriage is going to happen, so you get engaged and and things start rushing forward. But you're still not there, are you? Because then the day comes and, and something decisive happens. You know, one moment, you are two engaged people standing at the front of a church or wherever you, you choose to get married. Then the next moment, you're one married couple. Something decisive ha- has happened. You're, you, you're changed. And from that point, your marriage grows. Now, every new married couple thinks, how hard could it be? You know, we, we've got it. We're going to nail it from the get-go. And every new married couple learns that that's not the case. You learn marriage and you keep learning it. For for decades, you keep growing in it, slowly but surely. And that's a great picture of what it's like to come to Jesus, isn't it? You know, there's a a slow drawing towards, a a hearing his name, a getting to learn more about him and spend more time with him. Then a moment of change, of actually putting your faith in him and, and being transformed by him. And then a life of growth in him, continuing to grow and grow up in him. Uh, we've talked a fair bit about the Vine Project and, and what that's all about. Uh, the Vine Project describes that, that, that whole journey of growth in uh, four stages. It's, if you've got a handout, it's at the bottom of the handout, the four E's that are described there. First of all, engaging. That is, hearing about Jesus. Or even actually just before that, coming into contact with his people. Just learning that he exists or that they exist such as what happens through mainly music. From there you move into evangelising, that is hearing about Jesus for the very first time, learning who he is, learning what he's about and what he's done, with the result, Lord willing, of conversion. So I actually drew the diagram a little bit wrong. If you, if you want to adjust it for me, you can draw a little cross in between um, evangelising and establishing. Because in that point is that point of coming to Jesus, And once you've come to Jesus, then you start that period of establishing, beginning that walk with Jesus, beginning uh, to become mature in Jesus, learning more and more about him. And that's a lifelong process. That continues till he comes again. But along that, you start becoming equipped or being in equipping. That is not only just growing in Jesus, but being prepared to help other people grow in Jesus as well. And we talk about that as a path of growth and we talk about moving to the right from uh, engaging through evangelising to establishing to equipping. We, we, we talk about growing along that continuum and, and moving people to the right along that. And that all happening by God's people prayerfully proclaiming His Word and persevering in it. Because that journey doesn't happen quickly. Yes, okay, sometimes in God's incredible and wonderful grace, it looks like it's happened really fast. You know, people, we get to know them and then within maybe even weeks, they're coming to put their commitment to Jesus. But usually, most cases, it is a long process. And in fact, even for those for whom it seems really quick, you know, when we dig, actually God's been working in their life for years and years. They just didn't see it at the time. But see, knowing this, knowing that the journey of uh, of following Jesus is a marathon, knowing that, it helps us be prepared to help others along that path well. We need to understand that in order to help others grow well. See, if we think this is a sprint, if we think it should happen quickly and that we should see dramatic results every time we talk about Jesus or try to help people, we're going to be incredibly disheartened, aren't we? We're going to be disheartened when the people we share with Jesus with, either they don't come to believe him quickly, or as quickly as we would like, or they don't seem to grow in him quickly. We're going to despair when we see that. But if we understand that this takes time, then we're actually going to be free to take the time to do it, aren't we? Not to put all our eggs in one basket, you know, this event is the thing and if that fails, if no one comes to Jesus out of that, then it's an utter disaster. Or not to put all our eggs in one conversation, if only I can just have this chance to say this, then they'll become a Christian. But instead, understand, this is not just doing one thing or having one conversation, this is walking a path with a person. Coming alongside so that they can move to the right. I mean, after all, think about your own life. If, if you're a follower of Jesus, I, I reckon if, if you're honest, you can see this truth in your own life. <laughs> you can see it wasn't all of a sudden, bang, and one day you're a Christian, and then bang, the next day you're fully formed and, and mature in Jesus. It doesn't happen like that, does it? It's a slow process. You can see that in... I can see that in my own life. Day by day, growing in Him. Through His Word, working powerfully. So don't expect it to happen too quickly for others either. We are here in for the long haul with each other. Learning life with Jesus together and doing it patiently and enduringly. Because not only is it a long path, it's also a complicated one too. It's complicated by the various obstacles that get in our way and that slow us down, that trip us up. And we see them described for us there in in, uh, the passage we read before. I'll, I'll just read from chapter 12, verse 1 to 3 again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart do you see that we we're, we're warned what this journey is going to look like we're warned against things that we're going to encounter you know things that hinder sin that so easily entangles uh opposition along the path because this i mean there's some hard news for us here isn't there not only is the journey long But there's also setbacks and difficulties ahead. There are challenges along the way, obstacles in our path. And again, we need to understand them in order to be prepared for them. We need to understand that we're not just passively journeying through life. It's not as if we just become, you know, we we have this long process of becoming a Christian and then we become a Christian and then we just kind of blob on through the, the rest of life like a jellyfish, you know, just kind of drifting until Jesus comes again. that That's not it at all. You know, when the Bible talks about the Christian life and that Christian journey, it talks about it usually in the context of a spiritual war going on around us, a, a, a great struggle involving vast powers all, all around. It talks about an enemy who actively opposes, who doesn't want people moving to the right and growing. This is what 1 Peter chapter 5 says... It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Be aware of the struggle that we're in. Don't be surprised if things get hard. Don't be surprised if the people that you're trying to help move to the right keep meeting setbacks and keep meeting challenges in their life. Sometimes that will come from external opposition. There is an enemy who who wants to oppose us. But sometimes it comes from things that we put there ourselves, doesn't it? We <laughs> see the things that are described there in in Hebrews 12, uh, things that hinder, sin that so easily entangles. I mean, the, the the picture is clear, isn't it? You know, you're you're running a long race, uh, you're, you're running a marathon. You don't pick up extra stuff along the way, do you? You don't put on your jacket and grab your backpack when you set out to run a marathon because you want to get there unhindered, unencumbered. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we bought a a kid's seat to to put on my uh, mountain bike. It's just a little seat that goes over the front frame and the kids can sit there and hold my handlebars. Uh, It's great fun. Uh, I've taken Jethro for a couple of spins, but let me tell you, it is an awful lot slower carrying 15 to 20 kilos of kid Uh, up a mountain it really it doesn't improve your times that probably comes as no surprise to you it's hard work i am a lot faster without him but that's how sin works on us in our journey in jesus doesn't it now sin can't separate us from jesus he's promised that absolutely he will never lose his people but it will weigh you down it will make the journey so much harder it will stop you running as well as you could And it will do that for the people that you're trying to help grow to the right as well whether they uh, have become a christian yet or not yet so sometimes i think when we when we see sin or when we see life's hindrances in in the lives of those we're trying to help grow i I think it can make us feel despair sometimes doesn't it you know we we see uh major sin appearing in the in the life of a, a, a believer and we start to wonder well Maybe all that work's been in vain. Maybe, maybe they're not a Christian even. Or we see you know, bad life choices halt someone's growth in Jesus and we think, I mean, is it all worth it? Is it, is it just too hard? I mean, it's, it's so easy to get discouraged, isn't it? But again, think about your own life. I mean, how many setbacks have you experienced in your walk with Jesus? How many times has sin derailed you? That's going to happen in the lives of others as well, all around you. Your friends, your family, people you are trying to see grow in Jesus. So how do we deal with that? Well, Ephesians 6, I mean, that's the the classic uh, chapter on spiritual warfare, isn't it? It, And this is how it, it speaks. It says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armour of God, Uh, it says pray. Pray for God's mighty power and put on that gospel armour that God gives. There's There's no special spiritual warfare tactics or techniques that you need to grow as if that was some next level of Christianity. There's just simply go to God. When you meet those obstacles, when you see others meet those obstacles, go to God, pray to Him. And lean on his gospel promises in Jesus. Remember, he is a God who forgives. Remember, he is a God who sanctifies and transforms. And keep going back there. That is one of the reasons why we need each other in this. It's why we we don't just exist by ourselves, but each of us and the people we want to see grow as well, they need genuine Christian community because we can help each other in this. We need to be able to say to one another, we need to to have that willingness in ourselves and in one another to be able to say, look, these things are tripping you up. This, This sin, it's holding you back. But we can deal with that because Jesus has dealt with that. Let's work at it together. That's what the people we're hoping to see grow need from us. Not not despair when we see them stumble, but the genuine gospel hope that Jesus gives. It's almost a bit of a disheartening picture, though, isn't it? What have we seen? It's a long journey. It's filled with obstacles. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> like it kind of it kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? Uh, you know how how can anyone succeed? what hope do we have? Well, the answer the passage actually gives us is a good one. Because someone has succeeded and because he's succeeded, he helps us understand the plan that's going on here. Look at verses 2 and 3. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, I don't know if you noticed in, in what we read before, particularly what John read from... Hebrews 11, you know, we we have this great list of all these heroes of the faith, you know, if you've grown up in Sunday school, you know the stories, people who've done the most amazing and remarkable things in the most incredible situations, and yet did you see what was said there right at the end of the chapter? Uh, It's Hebrews 11 verse 39, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. It's, it's remarkable, isn't it? We look up to them and think, look at what they've done, and yet none of them have received what had been promised. All of them were still left waiting. All of them were left hanging, never quite having arrived. That is until the hero of the faith arrived. They're all heroes of the faith, but Jesus is the hero of the faith. And look at the way he's described. He is the pioneer of faith, that is the beginning and the one who went before, it, who broke that trail so it could be walked. He is the perfecter of faith, that is the one who went to its very conclusion, finishing the race so that it can be finished. He's the one who passed through all those struggles, through the suffering, shame, and the cross, and got to the end and finished the race sitting down at the right hand of God. I mean, it's so significant there, isn't it? You know, I mean, a runner doesn't sit down until they're finished, do they? They don't stop in the middle of the course and then sit down and, and, and stay. They sit down when they've ended it. And so with Jesus, he sit down, sat down because he did it. He ran the race. He passed obstacles we can scarcely imagine. He fell at none of them. And He finished. There is an end to this race. Jesus has reached it. There is a hope for all runners because Jesus has secured it. There is a victory, a triumph because Jesus has won it. And so look to him, fix your eyes on him and understand in him the race that we're on and be confident in it. We can see the end. We can see the whole picture, the whole plan, in Him, and that helps us run well. Uh, A few weeks, a few months ago, sorry, a a new uh, trail opened up in the Dial Range. This is the last mountain biking story, by the way. I apologise for that. Uh, A new trail opened. It's called um, Iron Tour. It goes up Mount Dial. Um, New trail, so I went to ride it. Uh, I knew it was long, but you know. Ridden longish trails in the past. I think, well, how hard could it be? Um, it turns out quite. <laughs> uh, the, the climb for this trail, it just goes on and on, and then it goes on and on a bit further. And the first time I'm going up, I'm, you know, I've been climbing for a long time now. I'm thinking, how long can this climb actually be? <laughs> you know? uh, does it ever stop? And still it goes. And it gets to the point where I'm not just tired now, but I'm thinking, I don't know if I can make it anymore. I, I don't know if I can get there, I, you know, I'm wheezing, I'm starting to not be able to draw breath, I think, all right, I, I just have to stop. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can make it, but I'm going to stop, and then I'll see if I can catch my breath. Ten minutes later, it took a while to find my breath again, uh, I, I'd caught it, and I thought, well, <laughs> I can't go down, because there's people coming back up. I have to keep going, I have to get to the top. And so I hopped back on my bike, I turned one corner, and there was the top. <laughs> Uh, I'd been there all along. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even know it. it was just around the corner. Uh, and now, when I ride that trail, I still wheeze and complain and whinge on the way up. But I laugh when I get to that point because I think, "How stupid was I? I didn't know the trail. I was so close. <laughs> I was so close." But now I see the whole picture. I know what's coming. I know what to expect, and I know that the end is just there. And then the fun begins when you turn downhill. Well, we fix our eyes on Jesus because Jesus shows us that whole picture. He shows us the end of the race. He shows us that it's there, that it's achievable, that we can make it, that that end is waiting and that it's good. Because Jesus has passed through and destroyed the schemes and power of the devil and sin. He has perfected faith so that forgiveness can truly be received. He has opened that way. He lives so that that door can be passed through for us. And so we don't despair, but we fix our eyes on Him. We see that path in its entirety. We see its glorious ending. And we run to Him. And we run confidently. Because of all that He's done, there will be a good ending to this path. There will be a people, His people, gathered around that throne with him, all together at the end of time. People from from all times, from all places, gathered together around there, celebrating his victory and rejoicing in what he's done. And there will be standing there around that throne, people that you have worked with, people whose journey you have been a part of people whom you've spoken God's words to, whom you've helped to grow and maybe even just take one tiny step to the right, they will be there and you'll see that. Some of them you'll expect. you know. Some of them, there'll be people you've known for years and you'll think, wow, it's been so great to have seen them grow and you'll see them there. Some of them, there'll be people you would never have expected. You may have only known them for minutes For for, for days, you may have only had a couple of conversations with them and you'll see them there and think, wow, look what God has done through those simple conversations, through those simple words. What a joy. What a joy it will be to celebrate together with them. Uh, It's it's what Paul writes to the church in 1 Thessalonians. He only got to be in Thessalonica for three weeks sharing the gospel with them and yet this is what he writes to the church. Uh, for what's our hope, our joy, or the, the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? He says, I, I'm going to celebrate because you guys are going to be there with me. And that work that I've done, short though it was, will not be in vain. But we will glory in that together. The road of discipleship, the race of it, of growing one another in Jesus, it is tough. There are so many challenges on the way. But we walk it with this end in mind. We don't just walk it so that we can help people have a better life or be more success- successful or more comfortable. We walk it to this end. To glory and to eternity. It is worth the hard journey. It is worth embarking on that journey with other people, whether they know Jesus yet or not. Because when you fix your eyes on Jesus, you see where you're going. And it is good. He has finished the race for you. And he's finished it for the many he's called you to help grow along the way. Prayerfully, persistently, proclaiming his word as his people until we too finish that race and join him in glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we need these words of reminder. Uh, We need it because this race is hard. Walking it in ourselves is difficult. Walking it with others is difficult. There's so many challenges and obstacles in the path that sometimes it's so slow, our journey along it. Lord, you know we get discouraged. You know we get downhearted when we look at our own lives, when we look at those around us, when we see such little movement. And so we pray that you would help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, as you've called us here. May we find hope in his persistence knowing that he has finished the race for us. May we find hope in the forgiveness and life that he has won for us. May we find hope knowing this beautiful plan of yours that he has perfected for us. And so we pray that you would help us as a church, as individuals, to persevere. That we would be a people eager to make learners of Jesus, to help each other be learners of Jesus seeing each other grow, seeing people move to the right in him. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus and run this race well together as your people. We pray this in his name. Amen.